Hello fellow adventurers, it's your Dungeon Master Sullivan Harris here, and we would not feel right just putting out our content into the world right now without using our platform, no matter how small, to say that we are horrified by our government's response to these peaceful protests that are happening all across the country. We are angered by the lack of response that they have put out regarding the actual issues that underlie these protests, and rather are more concerned with the concept of their power structure falling, their economy falling, than the fact that black people are being systemically murdered in the streets of America by police and by white Americans who believe that they have the right to take a man's life and murder him because of the horrific rhetoric put out by our own president. In the description of today's episode, we are going to include a link to a Google document that includes a bunch of incredible resources on how you can donate, how you can educate yourself, and how you can stay safe at protests and speaking out on social media. We encourage you all to use whatever platforms you have, no matter how big it is, no matter how small it is, to speak out against this injustice, because frankly, we are tired of the bullshit. If you are out there protesting, if you are donating to these funds, you fucking rule, and we love you so much. If you do not agree that Black Lives Matter and you want to add a but or an accept to the end of that statement, you can turn off this episode right now, and I think I can speak for the entire Dungeons & Dragons podcast community when I say you are not welcome here. If we are silent, the corrupt system wins, the racists win, and hatred wins. Black Lives Matter. Welcome to Orion Valley. Hidden deep within the astral folds of the multiverse lies a plane unlike any other, Ravnica. With its roads that stretch on into infinity, its skyscrapers that tower over the clouds, and its advancements in society, medicine, and technology unheard of throughout the Forgotten Realms. Oh, it's Long ago, the ten guilds that preside over the city were locked in endless combat, vying for ultimate power over the docile population. That is, until one day, when a mysterious being appeared, forging from thin air a powerful, magical contract known as the Guild Pact. The Pact, once signed by the representatives from all ten guilds, forced the organizations to carry out their specific duties and prevented any one of them from gaining any power over the others. The city thrived under the newfound peace brought on by the Guild Pact for over a millennium. That is, until 80 years ago, when the document was shattered on its 1,000th year anniversary. With the Guild Pact gone, the 10 guilds were free to once again fight for reign over the city forcing a new brand of hero to rise from the ashes of the pact to protect the citizens from war and oppression. Six months ago, an interdimensional duo of vampires plotted to take control of the Feywild, a neighboring plane where fairies live in magical harmony. Their plan? Split the soul of a powerful Ravnican sorceress into six pieces and use her powers to open portals throughout the city that would act as a magical battery charge their onslaught on the Fae. However, the brothers didn't account for the sorceress's true love, a detective who would stop at nothing to rescue her and his city. 
the lawmen gathered a band of five heroes from all walks of life to travel to the vampire's home plane and kill them before they could destroy the city. In an epic battle, the heroes were able to take them down, saving their plane and countless others from decimation. But the pieces of the sorceress's soul still remained scattered across the city, now lost without a master to serve. And our heroes are trapped in a medieval plane, far from home, with no way back, blissfully unaware of the evil that has been brewed back home. Deep within an ancient cave system, firelight from a nearby chamber dimly flickers against satanic imagery painted in deep reds and bright oranges on the jagged stone walls. Dozens of voices echo down the narrow tunnel, chanting in a language so feral, no self-respecting Ravnikin would ever be caught dead attempting to speak it. On the wall, five shadows slowly crawl across the disturbing imagery, and into the light steps... Baldric Stormcaller, a grizzled man who spent six months <laughs> in uh, a grizzly bear, a medieval, practically medieval <laughs> times. There's no indoor plumbing. He hasn't had a shower in weeks. He's wearing the same jacket he wore for the past six months, but he's still ready for a fight. He's got uh, some pretty shitty burlap sack pants that he got made because he tore his in the woods. A, uh, a nice linen shirt, some standard issue Boros boots, his gauntlets, and his detective's jacket. He's not wearing armor? I mean, his jacket's like armor. Daryl? Daryl Hall. Tall. Daddier. Hotter. <laughs> sexier. Then season one. Dressed in fishnets made from fishing nets. <laughs> <laughs> also wearing sunglasses indoors. <laughs> Can you maybe bring up the fact that you're a fucking elephant man? <laughs> also, I, I, assume, I assume they knew that. Also, I'm an elephant man. Uh, I have big ears, a big nose, and a big something else, if you know what I mean. <laughs> what about your piercing? Also, also I'm, my ears are gauged. I kind of forgot what I look like. I like so, to imagine sorry. that you just thought, yep, I'm an elephant. And that's you decided that's enough. Yeah. Except she didn't think that. She just she just thought, yep, I'm wearing fishnets. And that's enough. Yeah, I thought that was good enough. Guy. Guy Elfman. I'm a really short elf. Currently looking a lot like Indiana Jones. He's really gotten into it. Anything else? Alright. Yeah. Nope, that's all. By elf, he also means dwarf. No, I mean elf. Chuggles. Chuggles is wearing a loincloth. And he has flowers in his hair. He has been living among the wild for quite a while. What is Chuggles? Oh, Chuggles is a Muppet this. born. He's a he's a short little shit. He's made of felt. He's got a little tongue sticking out, googly eyes. And behind them all is Sting, Goblin Ranger, eight-year-old superhero in his bright pink and purple superhero costume, which also doubles as scale male armor. So these five heroes have come to this cave with a simple mission. Rescue the four children that have been kidnapped from the town of Latveria, a small town located on a medieval plain known as Innistrad. 
The gang followed a series of clues to this very location where they have just spent the better part of the day evading traps, working their way toward the chanting that they now hear coming from a cave opening directly in front of them. So you all, as you walk forward, see a very large domed cavern, brightly lit by dozens of crudely made torches fastened to the round wall. There are two large rocky outcroppings on the left and right sides, and in the center of the room sits a large stone structure that resembles a well, with six thin humanoid creatures dancing around it, dressed in various degrees of leather and metal chains and red felt. Two of them are juggling jagged blades, Two more are occasionally blowing into large brass horns, causing a plume of flames to spew from their bells. And the final two are trotting around on metallic stilts, their sharp bottoms piercing the ground with every step. Past the well, a staircase towers, leading to a 20 foot by 20 foot freestanding stone pedestal, on top of which you can make out two forms. The first is a very lanky man dressed in a red and black jester's uniform, topped with a quadruple pointed hat with fish hooks on each tip. In his hand, he's waving around a little marionette puppet with a swath of raggedy orange hair and a blue sweater. And next to him, lounging on a massive stone throne, sits... Foobstick together! Oh my god! <laughs> I'm a Vidalcan. I'm a blue person with kind of fishy, oily skin. I'm wearing these dark robes with these red marks running down, threaded with gold, and I'm probably wearing a big ceremonial hat too. <laughs> so the man next to him just sort of shouts out in his, his nasally voice, Today, my disciples, we finally have all the ingredients needed to summon the great, the powerful, Rakdos! First, lots! And then he kind of gives Flum the side eye and he's like, Lots? of mayonnaise. And he points dramatically down uh, to the well in front of him, which you guys now notice is bubbling with a thick white liquid. The souls of three unwilling participants. And he gestures up towards a large cage that you now notice is dangling above the vat of mayonnaise. Uh, and inside are three children, all of them screaming, amongst them, Maria, the little girl you guys saved from the vampires. And finally, a willing, innocent creature. Now, Flum, are you ready for all the mayonnaise you could possibly eat? Uh, yeah. We're we gonna have a feast first. Well, the feast is the, the glorious white substance you love. It's mayonnaise. Yeah, but I think we need, like, an appetizer, don't you think? Flum, we have responded to every single one of your demands. You know, we you know I gotta you tell you. If you go to Taco Bell and you don't like the special bo box they have, you can always go with the cravings box. That's a good deal. Six bucks, you can't beat it. <laughs> what are you talking about? Listen to me, I speak wisdom. All right, well, no more. No more of this. And he reaches back and he pulls a lever that is sitting behind your throne. The lever is connected to a wheel of chains that kind of goes up to the ceiling and then dangles down to the cage below. And the cage just starts falling quickly towards the vat of mayonnaise. And the children inside start screaming. Simultaneously, with a mechanical clunk, the staircase below Flum just becomes a flat surface. And the throne he's sitting on throws him forward 
and he starts to slide down toward the No! Can everybody please, for the love of God, roll initiative? Oh boy! Fuck! 21. 15. 3. 7. I rolled a 15. Okay, so the order is Chuggles Guy, Daryl, Flum, Baldrick. Oh, I guess Sting should roll too, huh? Mm-hmm. He got the old five. Okay, so Chuggles, you have the first move. So this vat of mayonnaise is 65 feet away from you right now. The children are descending. It looks like they have about 30 feet to go before they actually hit the bubbling vat of mayonnaise. And they are descending at a rate of about five feet per turn. Can we assume that this mayonnaise is like lava hot because it's bubbling? Liquids that are bubbling are typically pretty hot. Okay, just check it. So the guy like pulled like a chain? Right, there's a lever behind the throne uh, that is connected to a little wheel with chain on it and that chain goes up to the ceiling and is in like a little loop and then drops down and is holding the cage up above the vat of mayonnaise. So Chuggles, it's your turn. I would like to run 30 feet and I would like to attempt to cast a spell called Entangle. On who? So the two jugglers, uh, the two juggling satanic dudes are in front. The two fire-breathing dudes are behind them and the two stilt dudes are behind them. I am actually firing it at the mayonnaise pit. At the mayonnaise pit, okay. I'm trying to put a lid on it. Uh, Read me the exact wording of the entanglement spell. Grasping weeds and vines sprout from the ground in a 20-foot square starting from the point within range, and the range is 90 feet. For the duration, these plants turn the ground in the area into difficult terrain. A creature in this area must succeed a strength saving throw or be restrained by entangling plants until the spell ends. Will it work if there's no ground? Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to figure out here. Because you can't, like, cast it on a liquid. Because it has to come out of something, you know? Oh, true. Is the area big enough that he can, like, cast it on the edges of the pit and just have it grow in? Yeah, the area is a 20-foot cube. It would be tight, so I would have you make an arcana check just to see if you can, like, get it perfectly. Because the, the radius is just a little bit over 20 feet by 20 feet. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you are able to, like, really finagle your magic, you can do it. I got a 16. Okay, yeah, with a 16, you expertly... Well, explain how this looks, would you? So, Chuggles runs up. He plucks out one of his hairs, and he puts it into his magic stone that's on his hand. And when it consumes it, plants start growing out of all the sides of the mayonnaise vat, and they're, like, lashing across and creating like a little trampoline. All right, yeah, so it's covered in vines now and they look pretty solid. Is there anything else you want to do? Uh, Chuggles would like to sit down, plop his little legs out and just stick his tongue out and just go bleh. Flum, how have you done this to us? Uh, these are my friends, guys. You've betrayed <laughs> us. Flum is saying all this as he is sliding down the slide towards the mayonnaise pan. <laughs> <laughs> Guy, it's your turn. Okay, I'm going to move up the 25 feet that I'm able. How far would you say that I could throw a net? Oh my God. (laughs) I think that's based on your dexterity. What's your dexterity score? It's a 14. So we'll say 14 feet. Are you using my shirt? (laughs) If you're really hucking it. Um, okay. Never mind. That's kind of all I can do. Aren't you a warlock? No. <laughs> oh, no, you're a paladin now. Do they not have spells? They do, but most of them are buffing. Flum, try and stand up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Daryl, it's your turn. So I'm also going to run up to where I'm like paramount with um, Chuggies, and I'm going to cast Unseen Servant. This spell creates an invisible, mindless, shapeless, medium force 
that performs simple tasks at your command until the spell ends. And it has a casting radius of 60 feet. So would I be able to get it to where the lever is and turn the lever off? So the creature you create is tangible? He is invisible, but yes, he has a strength of two. So they can perform simple tasks like picking things up, like pressing a button. Okay, I'm going to rub my big ass elephant hands together and then I clap and no one can see anything because he's invisible. So it (laughs) seems like I I like biffed it again as I usually do with my spells. But then you just see the lever go, kupchink. Well, um, uh, what is its movement speed? Does the spell have a range? Anywhere within 60 feet. You can't get him to the lever with 60 feet. Once on each of your turns as a bonus action, you can mentally command the servant to move up to 15 feet and interact with the object. So if you cast it 60 feet ahead of you, it won't quite be able to make it up to the lever yet. But it'll be able to make it pretty close and can get there on its next turn. Okay. And we are moving on to... The jester up at the top of the stone pedestal, and he looks down at all of you and says, Well, what is all of this then? Three, three months we've spent trying to raise Rakdos, and these fools are going to come in and, and ruin this for us? No! Lampooners, attack! And when he says that, he throws forward the little marionette he has in his hand and makes it do a little dance, and as it does that, he is going to shoot a little beam of light straight towards Chuggles. And Chuggles, can you make a wisdom saving throw for me? Boy, can I. And let me tell you, I have a plus five in wisdom saving throws giving me a 20. So the spell hits you and you realize what it is because you're a avid spellcaster yourself. He was trying to cast Crown of Madness on you, which would have let him control you. But you're Chuggles. You're you're wise. You're not going to fall for that shit. So you just shake that spell right off. No, no it's just because Chuggles is already insane. After that happens, the two guys on stilts, uh, all the way back in the back, are going to use their stilts to step over their friends and start moving towards you guys. But they can't quite get up to you yet. Um, but they're walking their stilts like make a big poof, poof. Poof, every time they slice into the ground. And once they do that, the two jugglers in the front are going to run forward, do a little front flip all the way over the stiltsman, um, and land about 15 feet away from you guys, but they also cannot make it to you. But that's okay, because they are going to start hurling the daggers they're juggling at your faces. So, Chuggles, since you're in front, you're going to get uh, one of their attacks. Bring it on. Does a nine hit your armor class? No. <laughs> does a 12 hit your armor class? No. So does a 22 hit your armor class? Yes. <laughs> okay, so they just huck the three of the knives they were juggling straight at your face. You're able to nimbly dodge out of the way of two of them, but one of them is going to slap you right in the face for a six damage. Can it be like skewering my eye? Sure. There's a knife in your felty eye. Oh, help. And the other one, since Daryl is closest to him, he is going to huck his knives at you. So 16 at your armor class? Yes. 20. No, actually. 16. Yep. So you're, you're a big mass, Daryl. Yeah. So... When he hucks his three knives, they just all slap right into you. Um, None of them necessarily impale you, but they are knives being thrown with expert precision and they hurt quite a bit. So you take 16 damage as these knives pelt you. Daryl, do I have something on my face? Uh, No. Flum, it is your turn, but you are currently prone on this slide. So uh, it'll take a dexterity saving throw to try to get off of the slide or stand up or do whatever you want to do 
uh, to try to avoid this situation. Unless, of course, you do just want to fall straight into the vat of mayonnaise. Well, I was thinking with the aid of Chuggles and Tangle and kind of using my staff as like a pole vault, like right at the bottom, try to like swing myself off to the side. Uh, yeah, make a dexterity saving throw for that. That would be a 19. All right, so you don't have to use any of your movement to slide on down to the vat. You stick your staff straight into those vines. They're thick enough for you to catapult yourself out 10 feet wherever you want to land outside of the well. And now you still have your movement and your action. We'll say that was your bonus action. Cool. So then who is this guy closest to me? The guy closest to you is one of the fire breathers. Ooh, I've got an idea then. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my hand up to my stone amulet on my chest. More accurately, that hangs around my neck, not on my chest per se, but the stone amulet I wear, which is my holy symbol, has the symbol of a waterfall carved into it. And I'm going to put my hand up to it and unleash a geyser of water at him. Okay. <laughs> which he must succeed a D13 strength saving throw or take 1D4 bludgeoning damage and fall prone. Okay, so for his strength saving throw, he got a six. All right, he fails. So he takes 1d4 bludgeoning damage and falls prone. He's gonna take four damage. So you smash him with that and it kind of catches him off guard and he slips and falls onto the ground and it looks like you have really moistened up his big brass horn that he has. Hell yeah. Speaking of which, it is his turn. So he's going to use half of his movement to stand up, turn around, look at you, realize what you've done and he's going to blow into his horn. But all that comes out is a big fat brass and no fire. And he looks down at it, gives it a little tap, and is very confused as to why it's not working. Well, you should join a band. I am in a band, you fuck. <laughs> the other one is going to run forward, so he is in the middle of the two stiltsmen, and he is going to blow into his horn, shooting out a flame directly at Chuggles and Guy, who are in its way. So can you both make dexterity saving throws for me? Fun fact, I'm not proficient in dexterity saving throws. I got a four. Fun fact, it doesn't matter because I crit failed. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> this flame just blows into both of you. Searing heat hits your bodies as you both take 10 damage. Oh, no, that's it. What do you mean? The 10 damage? That's a lot of fire damage. Oh, that's it. Fine. Yeah, Chuggies <laughs> isn't looking too well. Okay, next up is Sting. So from behind you, Sting goes sprinting out onto the battlefield, does a little butt slide in next to Chuggle, pulling out his longbow, and he's going to try to shoot it into the fire breather's horn, uh, and we'll see how that works out. What's 7 plus 9, everybody? Can I defer to the room? I don't feel like doing 16. that right now. So he gets a 16, which actually hits. So he shoots an arrow straight into that dude's horn, and you hear the fire breather go, <coughs> as he takes seven damage and then it is baldrick's turn so baldrick is going to do all of all his 40 feet of movement and that boy's got some legs damn because he gets I mean, he got another 10 from his fast movement from being a barbarian good for him <laughs> so he's gonna run up to the juggler and he's going to pull out one of his javelins and he's gonna throw it right at him that is a 10. that does not hit he actually hucks a, a dagger forward and it hits your javelin and they both fall out of the air. Okay, and as a bonus action, can I rage? You sure can, buddy. <laughs> All right, Baldrick just like, after he, he whiffs that javelin throw, he just kind of like 
looks up at the sky and just starts screaming and suddenly a bunch of like wind starts coming out of the ground and lightning starts crackling around him and then uh yeah he just starts staring at the juggler since he missed juggles we are back to you juggles would like to consume his magic rock and juggles starts a pokemon evolution and he turns into a bear and he goes uh, the roar is him going into a rage, and he turns red and starts steaming out of his ears. Sting pumps his fists in the air and is like, Yeah, get him, Chuggles! Uh, and Guy, it is your turn. Chuggles just turned into a bear in front of you. Chuggles, I forgot you can do that! <laughs> so Baldrick already damaged the one closest to him, right? No, I, wh- I whiffed it. You whiffed he it. He whiffed it. Good job, Baldrick. Well, I'm going to still get right up next to the one on the opposite side. How do I describe that verbally? (laughs) So Baldrick attacked the one that ran up on the right. You're going for the one that ran up on the left. There we go. I'm going to take my two attacks on it with my Warhammer. One of them is a nat 20, and the other is 9 plus 7. I feel like that also hit. (laughs) That does hit. Yeah. What's a d8 look like? Two pyramids stacked on top of each other. Two pyramids stacked butt to butt. Ass to ass. <laughs> ass, to ass. <laughs> that's how I like my ancient Egyptians. So that's going to be 16 damage on him. Now, is this lethal or non-lethal before you explain what you do? Okay. Guys, should I kill him? Do it. He's a cultist. Do it. Killing is bad. Killing goes along with our whole aesthetic from season one. So You're right. It does. I also like that I can apparently just hear chuggles in my head now. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> Chuggles is my conscience. Guy, you also hear, Guy, do it for the communism. For the communism. <laughs> the communism? Yes. <laughs> okay. And yeah, I bring my war hammer down because it's really big now. It's bigger than I am. And I smash it into his face. Uh, as, you, as you do that, Baldrick looks over, grabs his Warhammer off his back, and holds it up in the air and says, Yeah, Hammer Bros! <laughs> okay. Guy! I like that other man with a hammer. Do you? I haven't decided how I feel yet. I think we should recruit him. Uh, I forgot to do this at the beginning of the, the turn order, but the cage with the children in it drops another five feet. How high is it over the mayonnaise? It is now 20 feet over the mayonnaise, and the children are screaming. Chuggles, your entanglement that's covering the mayonnaise pit currently going to make a dexterity check against the bubbling mayonnaise. Oh. What's your spell bonus? I guess I can have you roll this, so roll uh, just roll your your spell with your attack modifier. Uh, 23. Yeah, it holds up against the mayonnaise. Perfectly fine. I am the strongest of spellcasters, and you shall fear me. And Maria from up in the cage just yells, Guys, guys, help me. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> We're getting to it. I cast a spiritual weapon as a bonus action. Hey, that's my spell. Hey, well, now I got it too. That is going to be a 19 to hit the fire breather, I think. I think I'm going to go with him. That does hit. Okay. So can you explain what this whole shenanigan looks like? Yeah. So Guy has only ever seen Flum use this before, so he's pretty sure it has to be anime themed. (laughs) So he does a fun little pose, lowers his head, and you see like that little glare cast over his eyes. (laughs) And (laughs) Shink, I'll put the sound effect in. Awesome. 
and you see another like way, way overly done sword, like a child. It's almost like Flum's, but Guy tried to be a little bit original, so it's a little different. Appear in front of the fire breather. <laughs> it just like has one less spike on mm-hmm. it. It's a slightly different color. It appears right in front of him and takes a swing at the fire breather. That does eight damage. So that spiritual weapon slices into him and spiritual weapons don't necessarily like actually, like they're they're, magical manifestations of a weapon. So when it slices through him, you don't see any blood, but you see what kind of looks like a piece of his soul tear out. Oh. Oh, gosh. Ooh, yeah. Get, get real shard blade up in this. And he falls to one knee because he now has an arrow in the throat and part of his soul is missing. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Daryl, it's your turn. Okay, after that. Well, first of all, you said that moving the, um, the servant was a bonus action? Right, yes. Okay. And the servant is currently 15 feet away from the lever, so if you would like to pull that. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do as my bonus action. But for my action action, I'm going to run forward so I'm between Baldric and Shruggles and protected a little bit. And then I'm going to cast Calm Emotions on the bad guy that, I don't I don't know how to describe him, the one on the bottom right. So the juggler that's closest yeah, to you? Yeah, 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 the, ju- the jugs. And I'm going to cast Calm Emotion on him. Which basically means, I guess, if he doesn't make the charisma saving throw, he will no longer feel anger towards us or hostility. He got a 21. Oh, damn. Okay. (laughs) You see his face just sort of like lighten up for a second, almost as if he's starting to reconsider the actions he's taken over the past three months. But then his eyebrows just shoot down (laughs) and he looks madder than ever. Delicious. The good news is the lever up on the pedestal clicks shut and the jester up there is going to make a perception check to see if he notices that, which he does not. Uh, Is that your turn? Uh, Yeah, that's my turn. Next up, we have the stiltman and they are both going to use their movements to go forward. One is going to go up to Guy Elfman and the other is going to go up to Baldrick Stormcaller. So the one attacking Guy is going to stab at him twice with his stilts. So he's gonna do like a little double kick. Wait, are his stilts like knives? Like a drop kick? The bottoms of his stilts are like points, like very sharp Ooh. points. Ah, uh, so they're doing it. you're doing a Kingsman here. I was about to say like Kingsman. Yeah, he's kind of like Gazelle. I really love the idea of stiletto stilts. So the first kick does a 10 against your armor class. No. <laughs> the second one does it well, as well. So both of the stilts just kind of clink against your armor and you see him like look you over and try to find a, a weak point on your Wait. armor since he didn't quite hit Sullivan, that Sullivan, don't you remember that I just jumped 10 feet straight up? To a... <laughs> <laughs> He's above you though. 10 feet straight up. 10 feet straight down. I'll, I'll concede. So he does a little double kick, but after he does it, you're just gone. And he's like, what the hell? And then he looks up and sees you drop back down onto the ground from 10 feet in the air. (laughs) Thank you for conceding. And Baldrick, the one next to you, is going to go for the old double kick again. And he does a nine and an eight. Oh, yeah, no. This one to you, uh, double kicks. It hits your jacket, which is incredibly fortified. (laughs) And it just, like, knocks off. And he looks you down and tries to find a break in your jacket that he can aim for next time. So the juggler that is also next to you, Baldrick, is going to jump down and he is going to hurl some knives at you because uh, he did not like you trying to throw a javelin at him. Oh, no. And he got a 22. Oh, jeez. A 22 and a 12. Did the 12 hit your armor class? Uh, no, just the 22. Okay, so two of them hit you for nine damage. 
Okay. And these two knives like pierce into your jacket and they just kind of break through a little bit so they, they hit your chest, but um, they don't like hit anything major. Okay, cool. Flum, it's your turn. I'm once again gonna put my hand up to my stone amulet and this time it's gonna look like water's falling out like a waterfall. But instead, before it hits the ground, it curves back up into the air, forms a mist, and then a sacred sword appears from that mist. Um, in this case, we get the spectral looking, it looks like a katana, but two katanas put together end to end. <laughs> so like a Darth Maul lightsaber, but with katanas? <laughs> yes. Beautiful. And Flum is going to send this sword at the juggler next to him. Does a 15 hit? A 15 does hit. All right. We got to roll 1d8. <laughs> Eight damage. So once again, spiritual weapons are more like uh, soul and spirit based. So you slash through him and you see some color just like drain from his face, but nothing physical happens to him. He does look, he looks a bit tired now though. The jester was actually waiting to see what you would do next because he didn't see your first attack on the fire breather, but he saw you attack him this time. And he looks down at you and he's like, Flum, how could you? How could you do this? We brought you everything you desired. We even brought you this little, this little Muppet marionette creature. Oh, I thought we were playing a game. No, it's not a game. We're summoning Rakdos. I'm still going to beat you guys. Fine, so be it, Flum. If we must be enemies, we must be enemies. <laughs> and then he's, he holds the marionette towards you and shakes it a little bit and screams, your mom's pussy stank. <laughs> and can you make a wisdom saving throw? 24. People have insulted your mother so much at this point <laughs> that it's not even a bother. It's like the spell hits Flum's head and then just glosses over it. Mm, I don't know what that means. So the fire breather that you just attacked looks around assessing the situation, sees that these stilt guys are just not doing a dent on anyone, sees that his master is not able to successfully cast a spell on anyone, and with a whimper, he turns around and just uses his movement to run the other direction and hide behind one of the rocky outcroppings. The other one, who is currently down on his knees, is choking on an arrow, and he's gonna try to spit that up with a constitution saving throw, and he fails, and he is just going to lose his turn. Sting is going to dive forward, and in a swift movement, he's going to shoot an arrow at the stilter to his left, and then shoot an arrow at the fire breather in front of him. And both of those hit, doing 14 damage to the stilt guy, and then 12 damage to the fire breather. Stan actually shoots his arrow through one of the stilt guy's stilts, and the stilt guy falls off of it, and the severed half of the stilt that's stuck in the ground falls onto it, and it stabs up through his heart. Oh, God. Oh, oh no. That's not what I wanted at all. Which stilt guy was this? The stilt guy on the left, okay. uh, who is in front of Guy. Okay. And he is now severed on a pole in front of Guy. Oh, jeez. Then the fire breather, Sting's arrow goes through his horn once again, shoving the other arrow down through his throat and out the back of his neck. And Sting once again is like, oh no, no, I did oh my God, sir, I'm so sorry. And that one also <laughs> dies. <laughs> Baldrick, it's your turn. Okay, all right, so Baldrick, he, he's, ra he's enraged. There's lightning crackling from his eyes and kind of like wind blowing his hair back as he's in like a battle stance. 
He's going to look at the juggler to his left that threw the knives, and he's going to say, you've made a grave mistake. And then as a bonus action, he's going to activate his storm aura, and he is going to have to make a dexterity saving throw, the juggler. He got a 22, Baldrick. I'm so sorry. Damn it. Okay. So nothing happens. Baldrick looks at him, and and lightning crackles, but it, it like falls short of the juggler. Then he says, well... Screw it. And then he faces the stilt man in front of him and he pulls out his warhammer and he's going to take a few swing, uh, two swings at him. The first one is a nine. No, sorry. Our first one is a 12. That also does not hit. Okay. And then the second one. Oh my God. Is a 10. Wow. Baldrick, oh, you're having man. a bad day. I really am. <laughs> With both of your swings, the dude just does like a little step dance, you know, like they do yeah. and taps them out of the way. <laughs> Damn it. And we're back to the top of the turn order. So the cage uh, is no longer going to drop because the lever has been pulled and the kids are now kind of just swinging there. They, they start cheering you guys on. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill him, kill him, kill him. Death. Can I, can I just say after that uh, encounter, Baldrick, uh, the wind that's been going around Baldrick is now like 10 times stronger and his hair is like practically standing straight up. Baldrick's farting. Baldrick, come on, man. You need to do something here. (laughs) I'm trying. We accepted you onto the team for a reason. We thought you were supposed to be good at this kind of stuff. I usually am. These guys are too fast. Told you we should have left him at home. Baldrick's had a few too many beers, hasn't he? Guys, sobriety is a process, okay? It's not that much of a process. Baldrick, you just stop drinking. I mean, I've been trying to cut back. It's not my fault you guys went on this mission while I was two in. Is this joke insensitive? Probably. Okay. Bear Chuggles, it's your turn. Buggles would like to barrel his way at the stilt man, and he wants to take a swipe at his stilts. Chop him with my bear claws. That is... Uh, 17. Okay, so these stilts are made out of steel, but they're very rusted, and your swipe is actually going to possibly break it with a good damage roll, so why don't you roll that damage? It's 2d4, so... 7 damage. Oh, wait, I am enraged. Add 2 to that damage, boy. Oh, shit, it snaps right off, and the dude tumbles to the ground and is now prone. Uh, I would like to... Roar! He's like, ah! Guy, you're up. Okay, who is... Still left, there is one stiltman that Chuggles just threw prone. There's a juggler that is hucking knives at Baldrick, and then there's the jester who is still up on his podium. So I'm going to get right up next to Chuggles, and I'm also going to take more swings at that guy's stilts and try to bring him down. Okay. You are now across from Baldrick, so you have advantage. And he's prone. So if double advantage were a thing, you would have it, but it's not, so you don't. Can I have it anyway? No. (laughs) Well, I take my first attack, and it's a 14 plus 7. 21. That hits. Awesome. So 12 damage on the first hit. Okay. He is still, he's still up. Okay. That's why I didn't do two at once. Well, not up because he's prone, but he's still alive. 15 plus 7 on the second hit, so... Yep. (laughs) Um, Another six damage. Lethal or non-lethal? I think we're doing lethal. Sounds like it. Seems to be the trend. I hit his stilt so hard that it curves up and just kind of smacks himself in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Bonus action. We haven't gone through enough turns that it's been more than a minute yet, have we? No. Cool. Spiritual weapon moves down from the dead fire breather to the guy hucking stuff at Baldrick and slashes at him. Okay. That's going to be a 19. That's going to hit. 
Wow, guy, you are killing it today. <laughs> Eight damage. All right, so that swipes through him, and once again, this guy's face just goes absolutely pale, but he is still kicking, or should I say, throwing. <laughs> <laughs> and Daryl, it is now your turn. Well, what I'm going to do is since Baldrick seems like he's having a pretty bad day. Oh, I'm little Baldrick. I'm just, Poor Baldwick. I'm gonna touch him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll just cast heroism on him. Which basically he's imbued with bravery. Wait, on me? Yeah. Have you been hit at all? I've been hit once. Okay, well you regain two hit points. You also can't be frightened. And that's my turn. And then I do a little jig and then I'm done. <laughs> so the jester up on top of the thing is going to throw his marionette down on the ground and just be like... Fuck this magic! Fuck Rakdos! None of this is working! None of this is going the way I wanted it to! And then he runs forward towards Flum, does a gross, lanky jump off of his pedestal, and he is going to try to land on top of Flum with a club that he just pulled out of his back pocket. Does a 17 hit your armor class? Nope. He hits you over the head, but he's so weak and so thin that not even the gravity of him falling does any damage to you. So it bonks you over the head, and he just falls prone onto the ground. <laughs> that tickles. The knife thrower, the last one left, who's throwing at Baldrick, is going to drop all the knives he still has and just be like, Whoa, man, come on. I I didn't want to join this cult, dude. I, I, I was just here for the benefits. <laughs> That's what they all say. Wait, there are benefits? No, uh, Sullivan, are you saying he's trying to disengage? No. Okay. What do you mean? Never mind. <laughs> it's not like he's not performing the act of disengaging, but oh, he is okay. putting his hands up. Okay. And Flum, it is your turn. You've cloned your last clown, <laughs> clown. <laughs> what? Pop off, King. <laughs> you, you, you. <laughs> and then Flum, Flum is going to attack with his spiritual sword and his staff at once. So the sword is, that's a 15. That hits. Wait, do I get advantage because he's prone or? You absolutely get advantage because he's prone. Okay. The staff's a 12. That also hits. Okay, cool. So he's going to take a total of 10 damage from the sword and six damage from the staff. All right, so 16 total. Ow, ow, flung weight. Now can't we just talk this over? Uh, what do you got? Don't you want to hear what our evil plan was? I can monologue for you if you want. Uh, maybe. Does it involve more sandwiches? It can. I can make a bean sandwich. Can I roll insight to see if he's telling the truth about the sandwiches? <laughs> yeah, you can roll insight to see if he's telling the truth about the sandwiches. Flum got a 19. You know, he, he seems pretty honest right now. This guy seems like he can make a sandwich. <laughs> Tempting. Tempting. So the, the fire eater that ran behind the rocky outcropping kind of sees that everyone's distracted right now, and he is going to try to bolt for the door. Uh, and he doesn't quite make it there. He's about still 10 feet from the door, and it is Sting's turn. And Sting turns to you all, and he's like, Do you guys want me to shoot him? Yes, please. He's there's only he's like the only one left. It's not like... Well, we don't want him to start another cult, do we? Are you yeah. going to start another cult? No! <laughs> but what uh, if he starts a forest fire? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and honestly, that. him saying he's not going to start a cult, that didn't even sound that convincing. Yeah, think, no. think about what Smokey the Bear says. Okay, what if I shoot him once in each ankle? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I mean, roar. 
Uh, and Sting pulls up his longbow, and he is going to shoot the dude in both of his ankles, pinning him to the ground. So he is effectively out of the fight. And Baldrick, it is your turn. So the juggler's surrendering? He has his hands up in a surrendering pose. Okay, uh, first I'm going to... He's, can you make a dex saving throw, please? He got a... 13. Okay, so yeah, uh, he takes three lightning damage. <laughs> okay. Yep. Lethal or non-lethal, he had three HP left. <laughs> I think I think Baldrick was like trying to do it as like a smarmy move, but he wasn't totally expecting you to kill him, but it definitely kills him. Okay. So when, Bal <laughs> when Baldrick does it, it kind of like shoots across the floor, climbs up the guy's like boots and it starts crackling around any of the knives he has left on him huh. and it all kind of like overloads and the the knives turn red hot and then they just start melting into his skin oh jeez, oh, dude that was he had his hands up uh that was an accident so the the jester guy is just on the floor in front of flum begging for his life at the moment uh, I want to go up to the jester guy and pick him up by, like, the back of his shirt. What were you going to do to those kids? We're just trying to summon Rakdos, man. We just want to go home. Rakdos? What do you what do you want with Rakdos? What do you mean by home? Well, we, we don't even know how we got here, man. We were just doing some experiment and, we, and a portal exploded and we just showed up here. We just want to go home. Sounds all too familiar, right, guys? <laughs> Are you from Ravnica? Yeah, we're from Ravnica. Are you from Ravnica? Well, this is great. We can find a way to get home together. Well, I mean, I can find a way to get home together. You kind of killed all my men. Yeah, they had it coming. I feel I feel like finding a way to get home shouldn't involve killing innocent children. That's all we know, man. It's all we know. We were going to summon Rakdos, and Rakdos was going to be so happy that we summoned him that he was going to take us back to Ravnica. Man, when you guys were asking me about a recipe, I thought you were talking about like a mean stew or something. We clearly said we were trying to summon Rakdos, Flum. I thought that was the name of the stew. So what do you guys say? I, I won't kill any more children and, and we can all go home together, right? I don't know about that. Uh, I'm going to pick him up and carry him over to the pit of mayo. Okay. No, 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 please, please, please. Not the mayo, not the mayo. And I hold him over the mayo in front of the kids. And I'm going to look at the kids that are in the cage. And I'm going to say, all right, guys. What do you say? Jesus. They all start chanting, kill, 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 kill. Flub's backing up from the pet. I look him in the eye and I said, you know what they say? Will of children and all. And I drop him in the mayo. So he slowly descends into the mayo as he screams in bloody terror. And uh, the last thing you see is a couple air bubbles coming up through the mayonnaise. Well, that just seems uncalled for. Yeah, why'd you do that, Baldrick? Well, Baldrick, two innocent people in one day. Is somebody overcompensating for the fact that they couldn't get a single hit in in the battle? I think you're right. <laughs> hey, I electrocuted that guy. We don't need to talk about it. Now. Bald Baldrick, join the club. <laughs> join the club. It's okay. Hey, Being useless in a fight. They were going to kill innocent lives, and I feel like the only justice there is to give them what they were going to uh, give the children. So. An eye for an eye makes the whole world have syphilis. Everyone knows that. We don't deal with justice anyway. Um, hey guys. Uh, what? How far is the cage from the edge of the pool? The cage is, was stopped 20 feet above the mayonnaise pit. Which okay. is still covered by Chuggles vines, but we can just say you found a little break in the thing that you threw the lampooner into. Chuggles is standing next to the uh, lever and 
pulling it and letting it go and stopping and going and stopping and going. <laughs> All right, so the cage is just like, reep, boom, reep, I'm like, just trying to juggle. And the kids are like, ah, <laughs> My servant is still there as well. And so every time Chuggles puts the lever down, the servant pulls it back up because that's what he was told to do. But Chuggles can't see him. So he's just like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> All right, they're above the, they're like right above the pit now. Is the is it like locked or can I just open it? There is a, a small padlock on it. Okay, I whack it off with my hammer. Make a strength check. That's the second time he's whacked off in this episode. Also, I'm still I'm still raging, so uh, I get advantage on strength checks. I really hope you miss. It'd be funny. <laughs> no, it's a thirteen. Yeah, you smack that lock right off. It was a rusty old lock. Uh, okay. Is Baldrick standing on the vines right now? I mean, to get to the cage, you would only really have to stand on the like the stones that make up the side of the well, oh. and you could reach the cage e easily. Uh. No, no, I'm standing. I'm standing directly under the cage on the vines. Okay, if you're on the vines, the vines are about to make an integrity check. So, Chuggles, you want to roll an integrity check for those vines? Uh, that is three. Baldrick, the vines snap beneath you, and you have one reaction. So I, I, I like start to walk. I see Chuggles. I see the glint in his eyes as I start to walk on the vines, and I just like I like just stare at him as I walk over to the cage. And as I start to feel them give, I'm like holding the immovable rod in my back pocket. I just click the button, and as they start to give, I just kind of like hop on it. Okay, so you're putting it like under your feet to stand on. Yeah. So you're standing in the middle of this vat on a rod. No, I'm, I'm on the edge. Like, I didn't go very far. Um, can, can someone get us out of here, please? Ah, uh, shut up. We're working on it. Well, I opened the door, didn't I? We're scared. We don't want to jump. <laughs> okay, I, I take all their hands and I kind of like, as I like grab their hand, I swing them across to the stones. And so you get each of them out. Maria instantly just runs to Chuggle and starts choking him in a big hug. <laughs> And she's like, Chuggles, Chuggles, I missed you. Help, there's one more. <laughs> the other two just kind of sadly sit by the well. All right, guys, we can leave now. Let's go. Bye, Baldrick. Yeah, put him in the cage. No, I was going to uh, jump up, and as I do, hit the button and try to get back onto the stones. So he's saying, like, swing on the rod, like, and as he's swinging up, hit the button. Yeah, yeah, like, swing. Yeah, okay, no, I hop down on the rod, and I, like, start to swing my legs, and then as I get like the most momentum I can, I hit the button and, and kind of like try to move back to the stones. Make an acrobatics check for that. Does anyone want to help him? That, no, that, no that's, a, that's a 14. You definitely swift on up, you grab your rod and, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, and, you're, and you're safe, you're back to safety. Did you laugh at the phrase, you grab your rod? <laughs> okay. He's been edging, grabbing his rod. Oh God! Fucked. He's been whacking off. I hate Baldo. Everybody is now safe. You have the one fire breather stabbed into the ground currently. Are you gonna bring him out with you? Nah. Nah. Why would we? So are you all leaving though? Yes. Okay. So as you walk by, because he's right by the doorway, he's like. Wait, wait, um, what, don't, don't leave me here. You can't just leave me here. Watch the place I work on. Make sure it stays clean. Well, are you coming back? Maybe. You've got mayonnaise to eat. Go eat your mayonnaise. D Daryl, Daryl, come on. You can't let them do this to me. Why do you know Daryl's name? I'm DJ Daryl. Who do you- Yeah, that's yeah. DJ Daryl. He's of the Rakdos okay. guy. Yeah, okay. that's true. And I'll be honest. These past few months have been fun- Having great man, have I loved like driving with some trees and stuff. But 
I really kind of want to go back home. So if this guy came from home, maybe he has some answers? And I'm not one for wisdom. In fact, I have a negative modifier on that. But... <laughs> It is just what I am feeling, and also, I don't think the DM would make them be from Rakdos if he didn't have a plan. <laughs> so, well, come on, Daryl, just let it, just take me, right? Just just get these arrows out of my ankles and take take me with you. Does anyone have any rope? No, I think I used all my rope back in, uh, in the plane of snow or wherever the heck we went that one time. Yeah, I also don't think I have any rope. Okay, we're leaving you. Let's go. Yeah, um, <laughs> I actually wanted to, I, wa I was gonna walk up to Maria as she's, like, choke-holding Chuggles. No, you're not allowed to be near her. Remember, Baldrick? <laughs> <laughs> so, kid, kid, how, how, how'd you get involved in all this? When, when did they capture you? Well, I was just kind of hanging out in my bedroom, playing princesses, and then uh, this, that guy showed up, and he stole me from my bedroom, and I said, don't steal me from my bedroom, mister, and he did it anyway. Seeing as you're pretty prone to, to dangerous situations, uh, I'd say maybe take a little more precautions next time you head back home, okay? Yeah, blame the victim. Baldrick, victim blamer. Okay, mister, I'll, I'll try better next time. <laughs> All right, so you all make your way back out of the tunnels that you fought your way through earlier in the day. And as you do, you just hear the screams of that Rakdos member you left behind echo through the caves. Oh no, Daryl, please! <laughs> so you guys spend some time fumbling through the forest, but soon you make your way back to Latveria, where the townspeople joyously reunite with their children and insist I'm throwing you all a huge banquet to celebrate your success. So all the families kind of band together to bake you all a delicious dinner. They decorate the town with banners and confetti and fancy lights, uh, all to celebrate you guys. And, you know, the town as a whole just kind of looks a lot brighter than when you first showed up. With the oppression of the vampires gone, the village has actually become a very successful trading town. All the buildings have been repainted in brilliant colors, like bright blues and bright yellows. And all the people who you have come to love over the past six months look a lot healthier and happier than they did when you first showed up. And as the sun sets... The streets turn into a proper carnival. There's games, there's festivities, there's music, all of it lit by an abundance of lanterns and bonfires. And as you all are enjoying this festival, welcome to Ravnica Avengers Season 2, Disco of the Soul. I'm your DM, Sullivan Harris, and today I am joined by Casey Clark. As Baldrick Stormcaller, Keeper of the Nine Winds. So, Baldrick and everyone else, um, you guys have been stuck in Latveria for a while now. Six months, to be exact, on this date. Can you guys all sort of explain as we go around here what the heck you've been up to for the past six months? So, after the the, the battle at the Vampire's Mansion, Baldrick has uh, realized that he probably has gotten a bit of a drinking problem. So he's currently trying to curb his binge drinking. He's been attending, like, the local, like... AA, except it isn't like traditional AA because like half the people there are uh, magic addicts. Addicted to magic? Yeah, a lot of them are just doing like prestidigitations constantly. <laughs> I can't get enough of these finger sparks. Exactly. And um, they're constantly like making everyone clean and stuff. So every time Baldur comes back from his <laughs> AA meetings, he just looks immaculate. But he, he's, been, he's been trying to like become more sober. But... He had a relapse probably a month 
into his uh, him trying to like curb his problem. And uh, he went on this huge bender trying to like look for Lef around the plane. And uh, he doesn't remember what happened that night, but he remembers waking up in a barn surrounded by like three donkeys and he was holding the immovable rod that he has now. Why is AA called Alcoholics Anonymous when at the beginning of each thing they say, I, my name is Ron and I'm an alcoholic and they'll go, hi, Ron. Like that is, that is not anonymous. <laughs> There's, you are saying your name. You're anonymous to people outside of the group. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Alcohol Anonymous is supposed to be like you walk in and you're all wearing superhero masks and no one knows each other's names and then sweet, sultry uh, affairs <laughs> happen within it. I'm just- See, th- this, isn't, this isn't called Alcoholics Anonymous though, it's, it's Arcanists Anonymous. Oh, mm. that's silly. That was pretty good because I was going to ask why it wasn't something like Magic Anonymous. And yeah, I, no, it's it's Arcanus Anonymous. Uh, also with me is Joanna. So yes, I play Daryl Hall. And what I've been doing for the last six months is a little bit of a whirlwind. Um, it turns out that Innistrad is home to some just crazy psychedelic mushrooms. So right after the first season cuts, we're running off into the sunset. About an hour after that, Daryl stumbles upon some mushrooms, tries them. Wow, they're good. And then for the next month, he's on a crazy <laughs> bender by himself in the woods, high as balls. So that's two of you that have gone on insane benders after you saved the world. <laughs> to be fair, yes. it, fits one of, it fits one of our character types. See, see, Baldrick's was depression. Daryl's was lust. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I made friends while I was high as balls continuously. I made friends with a bunch of trees. And then one day, one of the trees gifted me a uh, a duck. Oh. Yes, in fact. It was it was a delightful ceremony. All the trees gathered around, presented me with a duck. And then a while after, I got sober, decided that, you know, drugs just aren't for me. And I came back to civilization. And this has been a few months' time. And all my friends were really happy to see me, so Flum and Chuggies took me out to a bar. And I'm like, no, no, guys, it's okay. I can be around this and it won't bother me. <laughs> Uh, it turned out to be a fallacy. Within 30 minutes, I was snorting cocaine <laughs> off the nearest bar stool. And uh, after that, I kind of just chilled, uh, chillaxed with my duck. Speaking of which, uh, a cute little duck flies up and lands on Daryl's shoulder. <gasps> Guy, look, a bird! <laughs> no, Why no. do you bring that? No, 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 it's not a bird, it's a duck. His name is Vierno. I like to imagine Daryl in the middle of the forest, just finding a duck and looking up at the tree, being like, for me? (laughs) (laughs) uh, Not to spoil anything, but that is almost 100% what happened. (laughs) Also with us today is Chris Rowe. Hello, playing Chuggles the Muppet Born. I am a druid boy. And I, I, I'm a barbarian now too. Wait, you're a barbarian? <laughs> so Chuggles, he's been just vibing in the woods. How do you become a barbarian? He vibed in the woods so hard that <laughs> he just he he found himself in a group of uh, bears, and he <laughs> those those Innistradian bears. <laughs> yeah. So I turned into a little bearling. And I hung out with them, and I thought it was pretty cool for a while. They taught you how to become a barbarian. <laughs> yeah, well, they're very barbarish. He, no, he's a he's a right. he's a barbarian. Oh, uh, 
Got him. He, he went feral. Chuck <laughs> feral. Also with us today is Benjamin Mannix. Playing Flumstick Together, the Dalkin Cleric. And one night while looking for the bathroom in the tavern that I'd stayed at for a very long time and should know where the bathroom is, but still lost nonetheless. <laughs> and on brand. Accidentally stumbled upon a Rakdos club meeting, except I didn't think that it was a cult. I thought they were a cheese enthusiast group. <laughs> and Flum... In his ramblings, the Rakdos took him to be a wise prophet and took him into their cult. And they kept asking Flum questions about how to summon Rakdos. They kept saying, recipe, recipe. And Flum just told him mayonnaise, lots of mayonnaise. <laughs> also, in the meantime, while hanging out with his Rakdos friends, Flum's working on some new recipes of his own, including the Flum Crunch Deluxe Sandwich, which is a loaf of bread. Mm. Cut the loaf of bread in half. Throw down some eggs, put some French toast, layer some sour cream, throw a rack of ribs, and then put the top of the bread on. Oh. And that's a Flum Crunch Deluxe Sandwich. So the crunch is the bones and the ribs. Yep. <laughs> Great. Love Anything it. else? So one night, while sleeping, Flum heard disembodied whispers that guided him to a foggy lake in the middle of the night. And Flum followed these whispers... And as he leaned down and stared at his reflection of the lake, he could hear them louder and louder until he was blessed with the power of his holy symbol to spout geysers of water. And Flum was like, me, and left. Oh, my God. <laughs> and last but not least, Lena Pratt. Playing Guy Elfman. So this has been a pretty big six months for Guy. He's found at least two really amazing things. Is one of them friendship? No. Neither of them are friendship. <laughs> the first is, well, guy's finally moving up. He's gotten promoted up to middle management now. He's a paladin. Woo! Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. He's no longer a desk cleric. Has he been in communique with the Gabagool across dimensions? No. How, how does he know that he's been promoted? Because I feel like a paladin is more like middle management. It's a self-promotion. <laughs> oh. It's a conversation guy had with himself. <laughs> Karl Marx promoted him in the Karl Marx oh, okay. organization. He is now middle guy. manager. Congratulations on the promotion, guy. Thank you, Mark. How is Karl Marx handling the corona uh, <laughs> epidemic? <laughs> corona. Ah, I barely even know of. Uh -huh. <laughs> Dead comedy points to Karl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting I love to sound like Patrick Warburton. Ah, <laughs> ah. It kind of sounds like the uh, the vampire. Ah, ah, ah. Hey, isn't it strange I never had an accent? <laughs> <laughs> so true. he's been going around rubbing his promotion in his other people's face because, like, it's a pretty big deal now. He's been, you know, he's still trying to recruit people to communism. It's not really working very well. He still he still forgets the main tenants. But the really really big thing that happened is. Here, in the Plane of Vampires, Guy saw something flying in the sky one day, and it wasn't a bird, it was a bat. Oh no. <laughs> Guy, Guy's very excited about bats. He has spent the last four or five months living in the woods in his new Indiana Jones costume, studying bats. They're taking back the sky for the mammals, guys. This is, it's really <laughs> such an exciting day. He's, oh... He has so much to tell people. Did we all just live in the same forest? Because it seems like we all didn't live, like, see each other for about four months out of the six months. We needed a break. 
I like to imagine that we all just had a campfire in that forest and just periodically ran in and out and screamed things. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I got a duck. What did you just say? I don't know. Sky mammals. <laughs> <laughs> How did you get your, your bracers? You have bracers now, right? Oh, yes. That was, that was supposed to be part of the Karl Marx bit. So Karl Marx also got a promotion. <laughs> ah, right, the bracers. Yes. Um, Karl Marx also got a promotion. He's technically a god now. He didn't move out of the hammer yet, though. He's got to save up some money. No, I swear. I'm only living here while I get back on my feet. <laughs> um, they realized real quickly that Guy really couldn't lift the hammer. It got a lot bigger. It was much too l- large for Guy to lift. <laughs> he's very weak. So he's got some special bracers to beef that up. I enchanted them with the power of communism. <laughs> Yep, we know, Mark. Sting, Goblin Ranger, eight years old, uh, has been spending the last six months working with the people of Latveria and also people from out of town um, to take back the Castle Doom and turn it into a school for all the disenfranchised children who live in Innistrad. Um, So construction is actually just about done. You can see the lights out in the castle right now. And pretty soon it's going to be a fully functioning school that teaches combat, magic, everything you could possibly want. And Chuggles will be attending. Would you say that uh, his school is now Sting's school for gifted youngsters? No. I, in fact, wouldn't say that. Can can school can Sting get a wheelchair and go bald? No, Sting's eight years old. You don't go bald at eight. Would you say that Sting's school is a Sting's school for school kids of school? That sounds more accurate, if I'm being honest. So, wh- how are you guys celebrating right now? Are you all just, like, chilling around a fire? Are you just stuffing your faces with food? What's going on? Juggle started a fire. Baldrick is drinking a large glass of... Cranberry juice. How much vodka's in the cranberry juice? One shot. Classic vodka cran. He's cutting back. Are you supplying the music, Daryl, with your uh, incredible fold-out DJ table? You know, that's a good idea. What I was going to say is I had all the kids of the village like gathered around me in a separate fire, and I was telling them stories about my adventures. You could be rapping your adventures to a crowd. That is true. I do that. Please don't ask me to try and do that. What does Guy do? He's eating. Okay. And Chuggles, Chuggles, you're just lighting fires all over the place. Uh, yeah, Chuggles is doing cast bonfire, and he's trying to make a smiley face out of bonfires. Guy is just kind of moving flammable objects out of the way of Chuggles' bonfires. Yeah! Bonfire! As you guys are doing all of this, suddenly a blast of sound pierces your ears. Kind of like a million phone books being ripped in half all at once. But it only lasts for like a second, and it kind of makes you question whether you actually heard anything at all. But... There is now a flashing blue light coursing through the town, seeming to come from the town square. The police are here! (laughs) Daryl, you gotta hide! Shiny. I uh, dive behind the wall of kids I've amassed. (laughs) (laughs) Human shield! They all stand defiantly in front of you, ready to take on whatever comes your way. Hell yeah! I won't let let you take my friends! Baldrick gets up from the, the, the lawn chair that he's been sitting in, but he almost doesn't get up and he almost falls, but he uses his Warhammer to steady himself and then he gets (laughs) into a battle stance and is ready to, if anything's coming towards him, he's ready to hit it. Well, nothing is coming towards anyone right now. Okay. There's just kind of like the light off in the distance from all of you in the town square. Chuggles' eyes have gone super wide and he goes towards the light. 
I'm I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move behind Chuggles and just follow him. Chuggles, no! Flum's running after Chuggles. No, Flum. I must go to the shiny. Don't trust the light. So you three, as you run towards the town square, you see that most of the townspeople have now gathered uh, around wherever this light is coming from. You can't see where it's coming from because there's so many people in the way, and they're all, like, whispering to each other. Baldrick holds up his hammer and calls for the bolt of lightning. Townsfolk, clear a path. Roll an intimidation check real quick. Okay. They all turn around. Shut up, Baldry. That's a 16. Everyone, like, jumps out of the way and creates a little path for you, and they're like, Jesus, dude, come on, do you always have to be so intense all the time? Is anyone else following, or is it just Baldrick, Flum, and Juggles? I follow, like, 30 feet back. I go, and with me, the the band of children trail. I'm like the Pied Piper <laughs> of kindergarten. <laughs> they all follow behind you in line. Gross. <laughs> so, Baldrick, you're the first person to see this. Uh, everyone else sees it, too, as they, they walk up behind you, but... Um, as you make your way past the people, you see blue sparks just cascading off of this large mass. And as the sparks fall to the ground, they reveal this bulky, bright yellow metallic object that's just sitting there, resting on four wheels. Behind it, almost as if they were left by the wheels, are two streaks of blue flames, which are quickly dying down. Oh, no. Dibs, 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 dibs. Uh, I'd go up to it and knock on it. No, I dibsed. Juggles to dibs. Yes, it's mine. When you knock, a little spark of blue electricity shoots out of it and zaps your hand. Nothing happens, but you do start to hear something, like a, something muffled come from inside the car. It's like a crackling, but interspersed with the crackling, you hear a muffled but familiar voice. Can I use my uh, use my hammer and just kind of like do another tap and ask who's in there? You don't get a response. Is there any like openings? Not that you can see. Do you want to make some sort of wisdom check to try to figure this thing out? I make an investigation check. 20, unnatural. Okay, so you know how to, you know, investigate an object that you've never seen before. You're a Boros investigator. So you just start like you meticulously work your way around the whole object. You feel that it has these like glass windows peeking inside of it, but they're tinted so you can't see past them. There's two latches on each of the long sides of this object and then one latch on the two short sides. Uh, does anyone else want to get in on this in any way? We gotta save them! And then just take the end of his staff and try to start opening it up. Like you're going to hit it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, where are you aiming for? Because there's like metallic sections, there's glass sections. Is there like any seams or anything? There are lots of seams. Okay, he's probably just going to try and jam his the end of his staff into that and try to pry something open. Make a strength check. 15. So with a 15, you're able to smash your staff into one of the seams push it a little bit, and it, it starts to seem like uh, some sort of door is flipping open. I fixed it! Chuggles has transformed into a bear, and he goes over to help Flum, and he's yanking on the door. When you turn into a bear, all the children around uh, who are behind Daryl all clap for you. I wave at the children and go, Rawr! I also go over and jam the end of my hammer in and try to help him pry it open. All right, make a strength check with advantage. That is an, another unnatural 20. Okay, so with the combined forces of all three of you, you are able to whip this metallic door open. And on the inside, first of all, you start to hear... Revenant Avengers. If you're hearing this, it means... Well, kind of. Nothing more than the machine bit. Anyway, we sent this here to rescue you. 
All you have to do is pop in and it'll take you right back here to Ravnica. No matter what you do, though, do not press. That will activate the switch. Um, well, it still has some kinks that Dick is working on. Best of luck to you guys. We hope to see you soon. Hey, uh, Bam, did you tell them to buckle their seatbelts? Oh, shit, yeah, uh, buckle your seatbelts. Hey, guys, the ride's here. I think we're supposed to press the button. Yeah, they said press something. Let's get in. <laughs> Well, you see some more things on the inside. Resting on one of the leather seats, there are four of them throughout the entire inside of this thing. Uh, there's a small box where the voice seems to be coming from. It is smoking and sparking and seems to be a little bit broken, but that voice is still coming out of it. On the dashboard front of the seat, there is a giant wheel. And then to the right of that, there's a wide array of blinking lights sprawling out, and they have all sorts of Ravnican lettering on them and numbers and stuff. And on one of the panels, you can make out the word Ravnica. Right in the middle, there are two very large buttons. One of them is colored red, and one of them is colored green. Well, green means go. Yes, it does. Can I make a history check to see if I know who the voice is? Yeah. There's a 10. You know, this is a very familiar voice, and in the message, it does say BAM, and... The guy talking does mention Dick. He talks about Dick? The Fantastic Five. Oh, oh, oh Casey, you made those. I know. I <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, hey, Baldrick's been drinking a lot. Okay. And he is Whoever also slightly, could these people be? He is slightly drunk now. So. Okay. That one shot. <laughs> He's a lightweight. Well, I said it might be five. <laughs> Maria taps on your, on your leg, Daryl, and she's like, is this some sort of shooting star or something, Daryl? Um, what is it again? It's a it's a very large yellow metallic mass. It has a couple windows on each side. It has a seam on each side, latches on the front and back, and it is sitting on wheels. And, Guy, your hammer starts to vibrate. Guy. What do you need, Mark? We're busy. No, I recognize this thing. Sure you do, Mark. I do, it's from my home plane. Okay, what is it? That's a car guy. It's a 1982 Lada Neva. Oh my it's an off-road vehicle designed and produced by the Soviet manufacturer Avtovaz, specifically for the rural market, although models are made for urban use. <laughs> um, guys, Mark thinks that it's a car? Wait. For urban use. No, this one is for rural use, not urban use. For not urban use. Well, we want to go back to Ravnica, and that's a city. With his Vidalcan background, does any of this mean anything to Flom? No. Okay. <laughs> is not it aether-powered? <laughs> I mean, Flum, you might recognize uh, some of the, like, the, the wiring and the screens on the inside of the car as, like, Coming from Ravnica. Okay. All right, everyone, get in and we'll start hitting buttons. It seems to be some sort of metal horse. <laughs> uh, I, I pet it. Well, they said <laughs> they said they sent it here to rescue us. Uh, so and they said hit the button. Shotgun. All of the townspeople start like murmuring to each other, and one of the parents of Maria steps forward, her dad, and he's like, "Our." Are you guys leaving us? 
I think so. It does uh. appear to be that way. We've been sprung. Maria runs forward and hugs Chuggles, and she's like, Chuggles, don't go. I have to. It's not because I don't like you, but I don't like you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's terrible. Chuggles, you're always so funny. I am. Yeah, and then she laughs and gives you a smooch on the cheek and runs away. I go up to the the dad and I say, "I, I <laughs> you're gonna I, say Maria." I, I, no, I no, I go up to the dad my love. and I clap his shoulder <laughs> with my hand and I say, "Well, it was nice knowing you and protecting this town, but we have to get back to our home plane." Does her dad know you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Is that a pl- He's the one that brought Maria back to the village after you all saved her. I know. It just seems like a weird person to choose. The priest from the town that you guys met when you first got there makes his way through the crowd, and he's like, it would be a great shame to see you leave our great town. You guys don't even have TV. I don't I don't think you have TV either. <laughs> Chuggles needs to watch his stories. Chuggles needs his soap operas. Programs. <laughs> yeah, it would be a damn shame, Flum says, getting in the driver's seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess... In my heart of hearts, I always knew this day would come. Oh, Lord. Hold on, I just... <laughs> I... <laughs> okay. When you all first showed up, I have to admit, I thought you were some sort of fiends or something. Devils from another world, but... Flum, I think it needs to be put into reverse. Is anyone still listening to him? I I, I am. <laughs> yeah. Quick, let's leave him! <laughs> Why is you all pile in? He's like, but today, I'm proud to call you all... Fellow Latvarians, may the Lord bless your travels. Yeah, may he, may, may he like whatever yours too, you know. Thank you, good Flumsteik. <laughs> I take him into an embrace and I, uh, I say, priest, take care of this town. And I take one of the Boros Legion patches on my jacket and I kind of like rip it off and I stick it to his uh, cloak. Oh, dear. I shall cherish this moment forever, Baldrick. No problem. And I give him the finger guns, and then I crawl into the car. All right, so how are you guys sitting in this car? Uh, Sting gets in there with you, too. He had a very emotional goodbye, and yeah. I'm shotgun. Flum's driving. I'm sitting uh, below Flum's feet. I'm hitting the pedals. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Baldrick is going to wedge himself into the center of the backseat. Guy's trying to direct Flum how to use it, so he's kind of like, Almost entirely leaned over into the front. And the front window's down, and I'm tossing little baggies to my ch- massive children, and I'm crying, and they're <laughs> crying, and it's all a beautiful moment. Snort this, kiddos. They're all grabbing them, and you know they're all saying their heartfelt goodbyes exactly. as they take their little baggies and scurry away. Exactly, it's a beautiful uh, Chuggles moment. Chuggles hits the green button. The village just instantly disappears from front of you as bright pink and blue lights just start flashing by all the windows. Um, Daryl, since you left your window down, uh, you are about to take a D8 of lightning damage, uh, which is seven. I, I start cranking up the window as I clutch my ears in pain. So Daryl rolls up his windows quickly, and you are all pinned to the back of your seats from the sheer speed of the vehicle taking off. And the walls around you just start bending and morphing into this hideous, gross, like, goopy dance. As you look around at your fellow adventurers, you see their faces also start to droop, melting into like a horrific soup of all of your faces mixed together as a throbbing baseline just starts to fill your ears. The pounding just keeps getting louder and louder and louder. The lights get brighter and brighter until suddenly, like a veil being ripped out from in front of your eyes, you just see out all the windows, 
clear blue sky. But the slight feeling of safety that you get from seeing something familiar dissipates as two things begin to happen. First, Daryl, you start to feel a searing pain all over your skin, almost as if you have just been lit on fire. Ah! The rest of you also see Daryl's skin brightly glowing orange, again, almost like he has been lit on fire. Ah! Flum, at the same time, inside your head, you get a splitting headache as it sounds like a woman is screaming your name like 8,000 times at once. Finally, you feel another lurching in your stomach, the same kind of thing you get when you go over the first drop of a roller coaster, as the vehicle you are in starts to tip down, revealing the endlessly sprawling cityscape of Ravnica far below you. Ah! And it is growing larger and larger. You are in a freefall, heading directly towards what looks like a gargantuan turtle that is hovering in the sky. I do control flames to try to extinguish elephant I'm screaming. Okay, so you do that, but it's not actual flame. Uh, and you can't actually like mold it in any way. I reach forward and I hit the red button. Okay, so when you do that, the back seats flip down, kind of crushing everybody, revealing a big circular panel that was hidden behind them, and a gust of burning hot air shoots out into the car as you hear the sound of hollow screams and moans, and the car fills with a red light. And you just hear coming from that hole, Do not secure no favor from the great and the raptors. You may send me away, living soul into the depths of hell. All right, Baldrick, get in there. <laughs> What the hell? You guys are up to like 100 miles per hour falling towards the city right now. And uh, you're being crushed by a seat right now. I'm in the middle. It's like the whole back row of seats got flipped down. Can I try to get out of the seat and hop in? Well, first, I'm going to need Flum to make a dexterity saving throw since he is the one currently maneuvering the car. Since Chuggles is at the feet kind of helping him, I'll give you advantage on that. Unnatural 20. Okay, so you are able to, out of pure instinct, kind of lurch the steering wheel a bit and pull yourself into, you're still falling, but now you're falling slowly and you kind of start feeling like you can get the hang of this steering wheel thing. Can I take like a quick glance at all of like the controls and see if anything like resonates as important? Well, the controls are actually puttering, sparking, and emitting a lot of smoke. Kind of as if what you guys just went through took a big toll on the car. Okay. Is there a brake pedal I can push? There are four pedals. Which one do you push? Left, middle left, middle right, or right? Uh, Furthest left. So you guys all go rocketing once more straight down towards the city. Next one, next one. I try the next one. Before you can hit the next one, you guys actually slam into the massive turtle. You just start skidding across the shell of it. Um, and you are quickly heading towards the head of this thing, which is slowly turning up to look at you guys. Can I try to get out from under the seat? Yeah, you can like push back up on it, make a strength check. Oh my God, a nat one. You're a little bit tired from your, all the hard work you did in the battle back then. <laughs> Fum, put it in reverse. Do I see a rever- an R? Anyway. <laughs> God. Yeah? May I suggest quickly pulling the E-brake? Guys, look for an E. <laughs> Bullet. It's the stick. It's a stick. In the middle. In the middle. Flum grabs the stick. Can you make an investigation <laughs> check to try to find that stick on this mess of instruments? Sure. 
That is a 13. It takes you a second, but you find it and you're able to pull it right before you hit the head of this turtle. And you guys do a sick drift off the side of the turtle shell and are falling back towards the city. Try another pedal, Chuggles. Ah, I try the next pedal. The car all of a sudden starts flipping horizontally as it falls. Whoa. All right, next pedal. All of you take a D4 of damage as the car just slams to a halt. I did it! So the car is screeched to a halt? It does, for a moment. And then it starts sputtering, and you see a thick cloud of black smoke shoot out the back of it. And it just starts, like, puttering as it slowly falls down towards the city now. And it takes you guys down between the skyscrapers uh, and slowly and gently down into an alley before it lands with a big metallic thud. Oof. Uh, not to break the flow of the story real quick, but I think everyone should know that Daryl is unconscious. <laughs> Daryl's unconscious? <laughs> what? So, so, <laughs> so you guys have landed in the alleyway. Daryl is just kind of like drooped over in his seat. Sting, Guy, and Baldrick are all crushed in the back by the back seat. Can I make another strength check to get out? Sure. Nine. Nope. <laughs> Hey, uh, uh, Flum, can you get this thing off of us? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Can I, like, reach back and help them, or? Hit the red yeah. button again. Okay, I reach back and start helping them lift that seat. From the front seat, it's not much of a challenge to lift the seat back up and put it into place. As you do, the voice from inside the hole just goes, <laughs> You too! <laughs> wow, that was fun. Holy smokes, guys, what the hell just happened? Do I notice that Daryl's unconscious? I mean, he ha he's not saying anything. Hey, Daryl. 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 Flum's going to be like, no sleeping on the job and slap him with a cure wounds. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so Daryl takes or heals 11 HP. Daryl, you blink back awake feeling rejuvenized. Back at it, but baby. But not knowing what the hell just happened. What the hell just we're happened? We're in an alleyway now. We're in an alleyway now. Chuggles and I landed this thing. Huh, nice, dude. I helped. Guys want me to hit the green button again. Uh, no, don't hit the green button, Chuggles. Don't hit the green button. And Sting is going to kick the door open to his left and stumble out. Okay, we all get out of the car. <laughs> we all get out of the car. Oh, I, I still press the I still press the button, but I don't uh, I don't go in. Why? All right, well, well he's doing that. You all step out of the car, and you are back in Ravnica. After six long months of being stuck in Innistrad, you are back in the beautiful city of technology and futuristic advancements that is Ravnica. As you all look up at the city skyline, you kind of feel like something is off, though. Is it the turtle? No, the turtle is actually normal. The turtle is the, is a, the great turtle bank. Uh, that hovers above the city. Oh, so we know about him. You know about him, yeah. Okay. Y you guys you guys feel that? I know what I feel. I feel like we really ran out of headlight fluid there. <laughs> Any auto shops in the area? Do I recognize where I am? Yeah, you actually do. You are. You recognize a couple of the buildings as being buildings from the city proper. So like the main 10 districts uh, right in the middle of Ravnica where all the big business goes on. But once again, when you're looking at the buildings, you've... Just something feels off to you. So we're no longer in Ward 69. No, you are not in Ward 69. Uh, I look at everybody and I say, guys, we're, we're in we're in the 10 districts. We're in the city proper. This is where I had to go for my Boros training. Do they train everyone to be as weak as you? Can you all make a wisdom check? Am I still am I still in pain? Oh fuck yeah, Daryl. So as Daryl like limps out of the car, right? 
you all see that he is now, you don't feel the pain anymore, and he no longer looks like he's on fire, but he is just covered head to toe in black tattoos that kind of have like this spidery motif. Uh, Whoa, sick paint job, Daryl. And I look down on my arms, and you see like, as much as an elephant can like go white with shock, that's what happens. And all he says is, oh, fuck me. Uh, you want to explain, Daryl? I make a wisdom. Uh, what are we doing? Wisdom check to do? Yeah, everyone make a wisdom check. I got a 13. I got, I got nine. A, I got a 15. 16. And nine. I'm a little bit distracted. <laughs> Guy, you realize, other than Daryl being covered in tattoos, the other weird thing that you notice is that a couple of the skyscrapers on the skyline you have never seen before. Notably, there's like this really tall, slim building that's like taller than all the rest with a twisting spire on the top. You've never seen this before. Some of those look new. Wow, they must have done some construction while we were gone. Yeah, they were really efficient. Wow. Does time yeah. happen differently when we're in different planes? When we were in the Feywild for like an hour, it was like a week for you, right, Baldrick? Yeah, that was that was pretty rough. And Baldrick pulls out a hip flask and takes a swig where when no one is looking. So I guess it's possible that like Ravnica and Innistrad are different. Uh, is there a person walking down the street? Yeah, is there anyone around? Yeah, so you guys are in an alleyway, but there's like a main street out at the end of it, and there are people walking by on the sidewalks. But Chuggles, also, just real quick, you also had a pretty decent check, so you notice that on the streets aren't just the typical like animal towed vehicles and uh, like huge horse-drawn carriage contraptions, but rather like smaller, free-moving metal chariots that kind of resemble the the thing that you would just arrived in. <laughs> Left is definitely gone. I run out to the streets and I grab a human. It's a woman with long flowing red hair. She's got some like black leather and red felty stuff going on. Oh, she's a Rakdos. What year is it? What the fuck do you want? Get out, uh, get out of here. What year is it? Go back to your it? slums. Go back to your slums. Hey. Oh, you're a racist, aren't you? I'm not a racist. I just I just know what's right in the world, and it's not you. <laughs> and she, like, kicks you off and walks away. Well, it looks like some <laughs> things haven't changed. Can I use my staff to commune with nature and see if I can discern any information that way? For sure. Uh, is there any more details attached to that that Casey gave you? You, brief you briefly become one with nature and gain knowledge of the surrounding territory. In the outdoors, the spell gives you knowledge of the land within three miles of you in caves and other natural underground settings. The radius is limited to 300 feet. The spell doesn't function where nature has okay, been replaced by construction. Uh, you do get one thing. There's not like a lot of trees or a lot of caves or anything around here, but there is a lot of air. And you automatically are just like totally attuned to the fact that the air just smells really dirty. It's smoggy. It almost like smells like something's burning. Neat. This place stinks, guys. I'll stand in the street and I'll hold my hand up like I have a question. A man in like a beret and some uh, pretty intense looking green overalls walks up to you. He's got a paintbrush behind his ear and he's like, a Muppet born in Precinct 1. It's very strange. What are you doing here, little fellow? Hello. Um, help. Uh, <coughs> what do you need help with? I'm sorry, I, I'm going to need more than help if I'm going to help you. Can Flum walk up and be like, do you know what year it is? Oh, Flum, I got this. Okay. Do you know what year it is? The year, yeah, of, of course. Why? Have, have you two been muddling around in other planes or something? Yeah. 
We just came from Innistrad. Well, it's it's 1086. Does that mean anything to us? Yep, <laughs> because as he says that, you two are both filled with dread as you remember that the year you left Ravnica was 1076. Oh no! Oh no! 10 years juggles the snacks under our beds! Thank you so much for listening to the premiere of Ravnik Avengers 2, Disco of the Soul. We hope you enjoyed the first part of this epic saga. We had a great time recording it, and the gang has a long, adventure-filled road ahead of them. As they say, a lot can change in 10 years. The Ravnik Avengers are Sullivan Harris as the DM, Joanna as Daryl Hall, Lena Pratt as Guy Elfman, Chris Rowe as Chuggles the Muppet Born, and Ben Mannix as Flumsteig Dragava. Make sure you follow the show on your podcast streaming platform of choice so you don't miss out on a single episode. Plus, if you want to help us out, consider leaving a rating on iTunes. Leave us five helpless kids dangling over a mayonnaise pit out of five helpless kids dangling over a mayonnaise pit. You can follow us on social media at Ravnik Avengers on Instagram and Twitter for fun behind the scenes content. And a big, big, big thank you to Lord Candy for this season's cover art. That is at L-O-R-D-K-N-D-Y on Instagram. She absolutely knocked it out of the park. We love it so much. Also, thank you to our old friend Josh Wall for the opening narration. You can check out his podcast, Frankly, I Love Movies, wherever podcasts are found. And in fact, I'm on there this week talking about Dungeons & Dragons, the movie from the year 2000. Is that a coincidence or is it completely planned? One of those answers is correct. Anyway, thanks again for listening, and we will see you all once again in two weeks as our heroes face their greatest threat yet, revolving doors. Bye! As I get out, can I reach, uh, go around to the driver's side and hit the red button again? (laughs) Yeah, sure. Okay, I do that. I go down. You go in. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say this, man, but you die. Oh, awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> All this time trying to kill him, and he kills himself. I just die? Yeah. Oh, okay. Casey. Yeah. I'm going to ask you this as a favor. Don't fucking be Kazaron. Be Baldrick, <laughs> and let's play that fucking scene again. Okay. <laughs> Oh, my God. I just wanted to know what happened, honestly. (sighs) An investigation check might have worked. Play play the character. Don't play you, for God's sake. Sorry. Uh, Baldrick is suddenly... We all get out of the car. (laughs) We all get out of the car.